a dating and makeover expert where I will help you build confidence, make connections, and find love from the outside in. During the past year, a lot of us have developed unhealthy habits. I mean, maybe it was indulging in a bit too much comfort food that has added some pounds. Maybe it was remaining sedentary with minimal exercise, or perhaps you let go of your grooming and self-care routine and your body hair and nails have gotten out of control. But what about relationships? As I've talked about before, the pandemic has created a lot of change in people, and many relationships have started, and several have fallen apart. It has almost been a time of self-reflection in who we are and what we want for our lives and relationships moving forward, and that is a really good thing. And as humans, we are social beings, and we thrive on companionship, and we deteriorate on loneliness, but being in a toxic relationship can result in severe damage and confusion. So while you're getting your body and your mind into shape, now is a great time to also start incorporating what I am going to call healthy dating habits so that you can cleanse yourself from getting into another toxic or damaging relationship. So what is a toxic relationship anyway? I mean, people use that word and throw that word around a lot while every relationship goes through ups and downs. A true toxic relationship are consistently unpleasant and really draining for the people who are in it. To the point that negative moments outweigh and outnumber the positive ones. And overall, they are mentally, emotionally, and possibly even physically damaging to one or both participants. And they come in all different forms. I mean, you could be in one or multiple patterns of ones where it's intense. Your date and partner is abusive. They're highly critical. I mean, it's really like more severe. But it also could be the result of something that just feels imperfect, like an imperfect pairing. Like two people who need control or the sarcastic type dating someone who has thin skin. It's just a bad combination that causes more extreme friction. I just started coaching a woman who I've known for a very long time, and um, she got back in touch with me. And when she came to me, she was in this, what I call transitional romance. And now she wasn't the one who was transitioning. He was, meaning that he had just gotten a divorce. I think he was separated for maybe eight months. And He meets my client and they get caught up in the storm. And we all have had those where we come off relationships and they're intense and they're amazing. And as as quick as they start, they stop. Well, she knew by the time she called me that it wasn't right. She wasn't feeling good. Like the highs were really high, but the lows were even lower. And it was a constant roller coaster. And she knew that she was getting caught up in the drug of the physicality of it, but it just wasn't what she wanted. So she was really confused. Um, And here are the signs that she went over with me. 
And I knew as she was going over the signs that it was a toxic, and I just called it situationship because the truth is I really didn't know if this was the kind of guy or relationship it would be maybe like had he healed from the divorce and he had done some work and maybe there would be a different scenario. But where they were headed at this point in time, they were going nowhere fast. And I really wanted to help her understand it, be aware of it, and then do something about it because she was not happy. And here's what she reported. She said, when they were alone, things were great in a physical sense. And, and obviously their sex was really good, but when they would be out in more public areas, he would act more distant and then she would feel more disconnected emotionally and physically from him. And she also noticed that he was constantly checking out other beautiful women as they were walking around. And that triggered a lot of her, her insecurities because she had been cheated on and, and she told him that, but yet he continued to do that. Um, he put his activities and social life before her, and he would cancel many times when they scheduled to see one another, which was really significant because they lived quite far away from one another. So she would rearrange her schedule, and she would be all excited to see him. And then he's, oh, I can't, I can't do it this weekend. Let's just do it the next weekend because he had other activities going on. He also refused to talk with her on the phone between visits and said he just want, you know, he wanted to text, but that was hard to sustain the relationship because even after she did talk to him and how it made her feel, he said, no, I, that just doesn't work for me. And he just wanted to text or just see her. Um, he, you know, would say that she was being dramatic anytime she would talk about her feelings and that she needed to relax. And here's the kicker, and this really, I think, what did it for her is, you know, she would get to that tipping point and the breaking point, and then she would threaten to break up or she would pull back from him. And every time she would do that, he would come running and come on strong, win, win her back. And then as soon as he got her back, he would start being distant again. And the pattern just kept happening over and over again. And I told her, this is what I call intermittent reinforcement. Like he'll give you just enough to keep you in it. And then once he feels secure and he got you, then he'll pull back. <laughs> so she found herself feeling really attached to the breadcrumbs in a constant state of anxiety about, you know, when he would be in contact and not feeling like a priority or attended to. So I did help her release him finally. And I just spoke with her actually this week and she said, you know, for the first time, and it has been, um, I'd say about a month now, she's feeling relieved. She's finally able to let go and date because before that she would break up and then like would go online and try to, you know, find guys. I said, that's not going to work. <laughs> you can't just like numb out and forget that this is happening and not heal and, and not really take a look at why you got into this in the first place. Right. So she had to detox this unhealthy one in order to make room for a reciprocal and a healthy one moving forward. Now is the time to detox from unhealthy patterns and relationships by instituting a healthy dating diet. This is the perfect time now that we're all in this state of change. Now, depending on when you're listening to this podcast, 
there's a lot of hope in the air where people are starting to get out and people, you know, have vaccines and they're feeling, you know, more safe meeting people out and about, but don't just go out there and date without having a plan if you're really trying to break these patterns. It's important because if you don't break unhealthy habits and dating and relationships, then you will keep picking the same toxic partners, which will continue to make you feel depleted, be down, frustrated, and isolated. And basically, you may think you're picking someone different, but in the end, they are the same guy. They're the same gal, but just with a different costume on. Now, I know what you're thinking. I'm just so tired of doing this. I, it, Kimmy, it seems like there are just no healthy people out there. And I've been to therapy and, and, and I think I'm doing all this work, but I keep attracting these awful toxic relationships. Well, whether you have done the work and maybe gone to therapy for years and years, or you think it's your partner or date's fault and you haven't done work at all, something's not working. That's for sure. Like that's a hundred percent that I can guarantee you right now. So what that means is, is that you can't change the toxic, abusive people, but you can change what you are doing to attract them into your life. It's changing your mindset. It's changing your approach and changing your perspective along with implementing different strategies to get you a different result. And that's truly what it's about. Like I was working with a woman um, most recently too, and she was a narcissist magnet. And for those of you who don't know what a narcissist magnet is, I always encourage you <laughs> to um, take my archetype quiz to see if you are one. But but these are people who tend to attract narcissists. And, you know, when she went back to the beginning of the story, meaning when she said hello to these guys, when she was on the first dates, she realized that she wasn't showing it up enough for herself, that she was so focused on giving them a good time and she would dress the part and everything would be great and she would make them feel really, really good. But then in the end, they would just leave her or anytime she started showing up for her, then they were nowhere. And I had to help her understand and see that it was her that was allowing that. It was her that continued to create that pattern by the way she was showing up on these first dates. So she really had to learn how to find her voice and really pay attention more around her and her feelings on first dates rather than the guy. And the minute she cracked that code, she started really seeing something different. And here's the thing that's so magical is that when you when you start seeing things really clearly, like the signs of toxicity and, you know, people who are just unhealthy or not good for you, it's so crystal clear. It, it's like from the minute you say hello, you will see that person. But it's hard to do that on your own, you know, unless you have a plan or strategy, a coach, a mentor, it's hard because we all default back to what we know every single time. So now's the time to detox from these unhealthy patterns and relationships by instituting a healthy dating diet. So how do you avoid toxic relationships? And when should you decide to walk away from them, especially as you might be ready to get out there and date in a whole different way? So I want to review some steps that you can take 
to be more aware of toxic situations and what you can do to stop attracting them. So everyone should have your notes out. <laughs> As I know, because most of my most of my listeners and and students and clients, you all are really good students and that's why like coaching is so successful for you but i encourage you as you're taking these notes and thinking about it to then put yourself into action and do something about it so i want to give you some actionable things that you can do all right the first step is really that awareness piece it's recognizing the signs of toxic dates now a lot of times again like you're not really focused on the signs, like you're just wanting to see if you like this person, you get all dressed up, you're get, you know, but if you are the kind of person who keeps attracting these kind of people, it will be a really good homework assignment for you to just date up a storm and just start like taking notes on when you start seeing some of these signs. So here, here are some signs to look for. You know, watch how your date treats others. That's a really simple thing. Like, how does he treat the waiters? How does he treat the staff, you know, like when you're out on dates or even like as you're walking down the street, people in the street, does he say hello? Like, is he treating other people or she treating other people nicely? Do they talk poorly of others around them or even like people they know, like family members, like as you're talking to these people on first dates, are they like talking in a negative way about people in their lives and complaining about this one and that one? It's everyone else's fault. How do you feel when you're together? You know, when you are together, does this person talk about himself or herself the whole entire time? Does he or she verbally put down others or gossip? Does the person make you feel happy about spending time together? Or do you feel like burdened? Take a moment to really reflect on all this stuff and the time you spend with the person to determine how you feel after each experience. What do they tell you about their past relationships? That's a really telling sign. Now, I discourage talking about relationships on first dates, so I'm not really talking necessarily like all of these things are first dates, but, you know, towards the beginning of starting something, and as you guys share, like, different people maybe that have been in your lives, what what are you noticing? Because history repeats itself, and although people mature over time and grow, their past experiences do shape them. So does this person have close long-term friends? What were the relationships like before? You know, um, or does the individual like sever relationships quickly? Do they end poorly? What happened with the person's past relationships? Were they toxic? And finally, do they make you feel respected and important? This is a big, big, big one. And this, yeah, you can really feel this on the first date. I, I just got off the phone with a client last week and she said, and I was so proud of her because she's really trying to find her voice and may maybe like taking a look at her piece. And she knows that the guys aren't good for her that she has been attracted to, but she really is pulling in and being more aware of herself. And this guy, when she went out on a date with him, the very first thing she was saying that she wanted to eat outside. And 
he like was perturbed. Like he was annoyed that she wanted to eat outside and she didn't feel comfortable yet eating indoors. And instead of saying, oh, of course, you know, I I will find you a table outside. He was like huffing and puffing and rolling his eyes and making her feel awful. And, you know, it just got progressively worse from there. I mean, anything that she was asking and being very polite about it, he would kind of put her down and was not respectful of her wishes. So it was so good that she was aware of that. And she just nipped it in the bud. She's like, I do not want to see that guy again, period. And I was like, so proud of her. Because normally in the past, she would just keep trying to go out with him. Um, you know, that is really important. Does the person trivialize things that are important to you? Like, you know, make you feel or like belittle you? Does he or she ignore your requests or needs? Are you having more stressful and bad moments than good moments when you are with someone? This may be a sign of a toxic relationship already, right from the get-go. So, so really like take notes on some of these things when you're first meeting people. All right, number two, consistently set boundaries with anyone and everyone who exhibits a toxic behavior. But I I would extend it, I mean, just without anybody, but with a little bit of like those red flag type of behaviors, try to nip it in the bud. Like every time someone says something critical or negative towards you, around you, tries to manipulate you in some way. Um, seems envious or jealous of you rather than supportive. It is your job. It is your job then to set a verbal boundary to let them know that you will not tolerate the behavior. I have a client right now. She's doing an amazing job because um, she's in a relationship right now. And sometimes he gets really insecure and he gets jealous. And he kind of pouts and does things that are disrespectful towards her. And she is finding her voice. She's saying, I don't like it when you do X, Y, and Z. I feel frustrated and sad when you do X, Y, and Z. And because of that, it's teaching him how to treat her, stating how you feel. Teach others how to treat you. If you are constantly trying to be nice and not wanting to make waves when your potential partner puts you down or does something you don't like, then you are setting up a pattern of them getting away with that so that you are essentially training them to disrespect you because you are allowing that. So that is a crucial thing to really work on, especially in the beginning of a relationship. All right. Number three, express your feelings and share what you like. So many people complain that their date didn't ask them anything about them, but often that person isn't sharing anything either. So this creates lopsided and narcissistic relationships because it's one-sided from the very beginning. The more you speak your truth, the more you share your voice and say how you feel, the healthier partner will show up and respect it. The ones who are not healthy, the ones that are toxic, will not like it. And they'll ignore you. They'll skim over you. They'll change the subject. They'll, they'll bring the conversation back to them, whatever it is, or they'll disrespect you. But if you don't show up in the beginning and not wait for someone to ask you a question, just see how they respond. Are they listening to you? 
Are they interested in what you have to say? These are the things that you can do in the very beginning. All right, number four, recognize your own toxic behavior. So you're probably thinking, well, I don't, I, I'm not the toxic one, <laughs> but you have to look at yourself, right? So if you wish to be respected by others, then you have to be willing to completely be honest with yourself by recognizing your own toxic behaviors and to actively change those behaviors. You know, for some of you, these toxic behaviors may be obvious. While for some of you other people, it may be more challenging, and it is. I mean, it's hard to see how things that you do might be toxic. And if it's relatively challenging, then you got to ask yourself, how do I try to control other people in my life? Do I struggle to accept the decisions that others make? Do I try to fix other people's problems for them? Do I ever communicate that in a demeaning way? Like you might not be thinking that that, those things are toxic if you answered yes to some of those questions. But in reality, they are because they're passive aggressive. And passive aggression creates a very toxic situation for both parties. So the, again, the more you speak your truth, the more direct you are, the healthier your relationships will become. All right. Number five is hold yourself and others to it. And what I mean by that is if a person is exhibiting toxic behaviors, the person may very well not want to respect your boundary initially. Like that that is true, especially if it's somebody that you've known for a while. And you can even try this on toxic friendships because guess what? What shows up in one area of your life leaks into others. And that's another thing that you know I just want to highlight is that you might also take a look at all the relationships you have, not just with the opposite sex, but what are your friendships like? What are your family member relationships like? And the, again, all these things you, you can practice with the people that you already know too. And when you set a boundary initially, these people who know you, they won't like it because they're used to you in a different way. So they may try to push you to a point of starting an argument or manipulate it in a way so that you feel guilty enough to give in and do what they want you to do. And when you are in the midst of stress and trying to set a boundary, with toxic people especially, it can be really tough to see the light at the end of the tunnel. And you might want to give up and you may find yourself wondering, why did, why did I even bother setting this boundary in the first place? Because it's just causing me more stress. But I assure you, it gets better. You got to hang in there. Nothing that has to do with change is comfortable. Remember, I say that all the time. If it's uncomfortable, it means it's something you need to keep doing and doing and doing. And eventually, you will find yourself in a comfortable place that will be free of these toxic behaviors. Okay, I want to read a letter that actually, ironically, um, it had to do with toxic relationships, but it's interesting how this one's playing out. So this is from Diana, and she says, I'm comfortable being independent and don't need a man to make me feel complete. I've only had one serious relationship before, 
And that ended two years ago. It was definitely a toxic relationship, and I spent the last two years to find myself again. Now that I'm out there, I have no problem attracting men. I've been on so many first dates. I've had men fly me out to visit them and go to places on the weekends without even ever meeting me, but they never asked me out on a second date. I don't ever text them or call them first. I let them chase. I'm present on the dates. I dress cute. Help. (laughs) Oh, Diana. Gosh, that is so frustrating. And look, I mean, it sounds like you got the first date down. So I'll give you kudos for that. And something is for sure happening that's preventing all these dates from progressing. But here's the thing. Obviously, it's hard to really know without having you here on the phone and digging a little deeper to see really what's going on. So like lift the hood and see what's inside the engine. And it'll be hard to give you advice. However, there is one thing that is for sure and that you are the common denominator. It is a pattern. And if this is happening more than, you know, three times, which you stated in your letter, it did. And I didn't read that out loud, but she told me that her last five dates, actually that has happened. Like she never gets asked out. Anything that happens more than two, three times is a pattern. And so I suspect it has something to do with a lack of relationship experience. So that's number one. And the only relationship you had was a toxic one. So your picker just might be off. That's what I'm thinking. So again, we can't change these guys, but you can look at your approach and what you are doing in those initial initial stages. So, okay, the first is I'd be really interested in what you're defining as this toxic relationship that you had. Like, what was this guy like? Take a moment and really reflect on what what was his personality? Like, what got you in the very beginning? Because again, if we want to flip the script, we got to go back to the beginning of that story and see where it all began. Because something's happening in the beginning here, right? And I want you to think about, are there some common traits? Is is it like traits in their personality? Is it, you know, things that you're getting attracted to physically, intellectually? Like what's going on? And are there some common traits? Okay, so that's the awareness piece. Number two, I would put you on a probably a, a dating regimen where I don't want you being relationship oriented. I would just have you go on a bunch of dates and do some data dating and really paying attention to how you feel on these dates versus showing them a good time. Like, are you aware of how you feel? Are you so busy trying to please them and be the perfect date and dress up and do da 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 that you lose sight of just, you know, what's in the moment? Now, you said you're really present. So I, I like that. But I just wonder, and this relates to number three, is like, are you are you really sharing who you are or are you shape-shifting into what you think you want this guy to know of you? Do you, do you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Are you flirting? Are you, are you emoting? I mean, there may be a lack of feeling that's just not happening on your end because either you're being more reactive based on what these guys are giving you. Or you're very guarded 
because of maybe what happened in that toxic relationships and you're so worried that you're going to get into another one that there's a wall up and you're maybe you're not even aware of it. it could be in your body language it could be in your communication i mean there's something that's just like a disconnect and it could be leaking from you maybe the fear of getting in another toxic relationship is preventing you from really being open with these guys. So I'd focus on just your level of openness and being vulnerable. And I promise like you can crack this code, but it will take a little work. It will take putting a healthy diet, a dating diet into place so that you can date smarter with more openness to allow that healthy partner in. And you listening to this, it can happen to you too. Now is the time to detox from unhealthy patterns and relationships by instituting a healthy dating diet. So I hope that was helpful. I just felt like a need to cleanse this week as we all get back out there into the world. And thanks for joining me today as always. This has been the Charisma Quotient and I'm your host, Kimmy Seltzer. Remember, you can build confidence, make connections and find love from the outside in. And make sure you go to my site, KimmySeltzer.com. And if you keep asking yourself, why are you still single and you keep attracting these toxic people into your love life? There are three things you can do to empower yourself right now. First, you know, remember what I said before, put yourself into action. First, join my free Facebook group. And that way you can get motivated and inspired by other women working on their love life. I do lots of fun videos in there. You also hear about my Amazon shows and all that jazz. Second, Grab my exclusive podcast audio course, This May Be Why You Suck at Dating, (laughs) where I help you learn to get out of your head and into his bed. But what I like about this course as we're talking about toxic relationships is I go over my five dating archetypes and you'll hear me coach these women live who are each of these archetypes so that you can hear traces of you. And yes, one of them is the narcissist magnet. And a lot of these archetypes tend to attract toxic relationships. So I think this would be a really good next step. And the uh, link to that will be in the show notes, of course. And as always, you can sign up for a free breakthrough call, as I always do, to map out a plan to get around these toxic relationships. And remember, it starts with you. And when you work on you, that is working on your love life. That's all for now. 